Welcome to Pushing Forward with Alicia, a podcast that gives disability a voice. Each week, we will explore topics like confidence, ambition, resilience, and finding success against all odds. We are creating a collective community that believes that all things are possible for all people. Open hearts, clear paths, let's go. Welcome back to Pushing Forward with Alicia. I'm Alicia Anderson and love is in the air. It is Valentine's Day week. And so, of course, I would invite back on my amazing husband and business partner, Marty Anderson, to join in on this conversation because love is in the air. Happy so excited. So excited. Happy Valentine's Day, baby. Welcome back. Happy Valentine's Day week. Um, When I grew up, my dad would tell us as little kids into my adulthood, there is nothing more special than the love of your youth. And that is what you are for me and I am for you. So I'm so excited to tell our love story because it feels like as we've been growing this platform, people are more and more in- interested about our relationship as a disabled couple and how we came together. So I'm really excited to share this together today, babe. And um, I don't know, just talk about our love story. I thought before we dive into all of that, that we should read Lily Grossman's poem that she wrote recently. Uh, Lily Grossman is a contributor, a writer and contributor on our website. She writes stories and blog posts for us um, sometimes. And she posted this beautiful poem the other day. And I think we should share it. We have in common with her, her fiance and herself. They're both wheelchair users like Marty and I. And so we have that in common, which is something we don't run into all that often. So should we read this poem together? Start there. Yeah, let's do this. And uh, thank you, Lily. Yeah. This poem is by Lily Grossman. We are not like other couples. We have to worry about medications being taken, emergency room trips, hospital visits, infections, surgeries, IVs and hands, all resulting in canceled plans. We're not like other couples. We know what we're adding to our plate, and we also know our peers can't relate. We are not like other couples. Dates and outings are cut short, and getting back home is an Olympic sport. We're not like other couples. We're stronger together, motivated to become better. We are not like other couples. We love each other through it all, and we are prepared if one falls. We're not like other couples. If people saw behind the scenes, they'd realize what in sickness and in health truly means. So beautiful. Wonderful poem. Oh, I love it, Lily. She's such a great writer. Um. I almost got choked up on that line that we love each other through it all and we are prepared for all the falls. We've been through a lot together. We've been through a lot. I mean, it's actually unbelievable. Um, So where did it all begin, Marty? Where did we meet 
Where did this love story begin? I like I like that. Let's start at the beginning and uh, spill our beans, if we will, I suppose. Um, but uh, it all began back at a, a sports camp in Mission Viejo. And uh, we went there uh, a few years, uh, but uh, it was probably the very first one uh, that we noticed each other. I definitely noticed you and your twin sister uh, at the camp. And uh, we were playing tennis together and we were playing basketball together and we were doing archery and we were doing all kinds of things throughout the day on basketball teams and competing against each other, supporting and being on the same teams. But uh, uh, you definitely caught my eye and uh to uh to honor my mom uh she always uh said that she picked me uh you out for me and uh she was definitely catching your eye too as she came to the camps and we were young we were 12 the first time we ever met we were 12 so all these experiences that you're talking about right now we're talking about um you know that time in your youth when you're chasing around the boy or the girl that you have a crush on and you're pulling ponytails or, you know, popping wheelies or whatever we did back then when we were chasing each other around the gym. And I often say in reflection of our life together, um, it's been such a beautiful gift that we've literally grown up together and we have been in each other's lives more than we have not been in each other's lives because we met when we were so young. So, okay. So we meet at this camp, we pull each other's ponytails. You pull my ponytails. I pull your hat. I don't know what we were doing. <laughs> uh, I actually remember uh, just uh, coming up behind you and laying you down on the ground and, uh, and it was kind of bad and, and mean thing to do, but uh it was kind of cute too. Okay, but that sounds a little bit like <laughs> you 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 would dump me out of my wheelchair was what you would do. It wasn't dumping. It wasn't <laughs> dumping. It was. it was laying politely on the ground and saying, ha ha, now get up into your chair again, which was fun. That was our version of pulling, <laughs> pulling ponytails and chasing around the playground. I suppose so. I suppose so. <laughs> um yeah. So, and we would look forward to seeing each other once a year and that's about all that we would see each other. And then camp went away when we were 18. And the thing that we still had in common was competing in wheelchair tennis and going to local tournaments. And so we would still see each other from time to time as we, you know, transitioned from childhood into, you know, young adulthood, 18 to 20 ish and we would still see each other every once in a while but it was kind of rare yeah well we would also run across each other not only at the tennis tournaments but occasionally at uh, colors and motions uh wheelchair shop uh just on random passings or stopping in for tires or fixing this and that and uh you were uh, a part of their uh their campaign and in their posters and everything else but I remember explicitly that uh, we kind of did move on and got into our, uh, you know, young adulthood. And I was going to school at University of San Diego. And one day I received a letter in the mail, handwritten, a little card. You're aging Alicia, us. Alicia Busiglio. 
Do you remember what it said? I don't remember what it said. Can you, you, you're, you're going to have to tell that story. Yeah, uh, I was uh, I was surprised to get it, and it was just a little note that said, you know, hey, how are you doing? Uh, I've been thinking about you. I just wanted to let you know that I'm coming down to uh, do a tennis camp in San Diego, and I know you're going to school there, so I thought maybe we could get together. And uh, so I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. She remembered me, and I don't know how she got my address, but here she is tracking me down, sending me mail. Probably the yellow pages on the phone book right <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, so okay. anyway, So uh, the letter you know, was sent yeah. and then. And then I decided, yeah, you know, uh, I probably called you on the, on uh, the landline and said, Hey, yeah, let's meet up and, uh, you know, figured out all the rest of the details. But, uh, anyways, it was Coronado Island, a uh, beautiful Island down in San Diego, Uh, you were staying at Lowe's uh, uh, Hotel, I remember, and uh, there was uh, the camp going on. And uh, so uh, I popped down uh, with a, a crew of buddies and, and uh, came after camp one day and met you at the bar down in Lowe's. And uh, I don't know if we were old enough to drink then or if we were trying to sneak the drinks or, or just sitting there having a soda. But uh Basically, uh, we uh, were hanging out, and uh, I remember uh, uh, you were telling us about your wonderful view and, like, you know, invited me and my friends up to the room to see it, and we all went up there together and hanging out, looking at this beautiful view of San Diego from your room, and uh, then uh, we all left, and uh, I was telling you goodnight, and I got to... Uh, back to the lobby and I noticed, well, you know, I forgot my tie uh, up in uh, in your room and I was wearing a tie. I must have been wanting to impress you or something. I was uh, looking slick. Uh, I don't know what it was, but I was always kind of a preppy back in the day. And uh, so anyways, I told my friends, hey, you know, just go on and I'll, I'll catch you up later. And uh, I went back up and uh, knocked on your door and Uh, and then uh, you invited me in and we started talking out on the, the patio all by ourselves and uh, it led to our first kiss. No, oh, our first kiss on the patio on Coronado <laughs> Island in San Diego. So sweet. yeah. I love it. That's such a, I remember that night so clearly too. And um, that was the beginning. And I think we were 20. I don't think we were 21 quite yet. Um, but I remember our relationship starting around 20. And Marty and I dated for a few years. We got engaged Um, and then I broke his heart. I crushed his soul. I, Oh, let's get let's get a little more lovey before we get to the crushing of the soul part. no, Uh, you okay. know, let's talk about our first date. Uh, you know, uh, there was uh, Orange County, and uh, you know, our first date we spent out camping under the stars as a group. Uh, your sister and her, your sister's boyfriend, and you were all camping and invited me to come along. And uh, I remember we. Uh, slept out under the stars even without a tent and just laid a blanket down and some uh it was a wonderful night woke up with the ants all over us but uh, we had a, a wonderful steak dinner i cooked over the fire and uh this and that but uh 
it was a, a nice start to a beautiful relationship. And uh, so then on to, uh, it, it turned into a, a very serious, like, you know, uh, everyday type of situation. That was young love. It was young love. That, that was our experience of young love, which began when we were 12 and we didn't even know it and came together when we were 20. And and you were waitressing at the time at Chevy's uh, the, with this famous uh, uh, little expose that came out in New Mobility magazine that we've seen on Netflix and used in all kinds of places. But uh, the waitress in the wheelchair. And uh, I fell in love with you and uh, would head over to Chevy's and wait for you to finish up, help you with your rollouts and all the good stuff. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to Pushing Forward with Alicia. Thanks for listening today. If you have an episode idea, know someone I should interview, or have a story that needs to be told, reach out to me at aliciaanderson.com. That's A-L-Y-C-I-A Anderson with an O.com. Click on podcasts. Welcome back to Pushing Forward with Alicia. I'm Alicia Anderson, and love is in the air. It is Valentine's Day week. And so, of course, I would invite back on my amazing husband and business partner, Marty Anderson, to join in. So fast forward that to... um, to what happened? Our marriage. Like, yeah, what happened? Well, you, you had a spoiler alert there for a moment, so I'm going to just go ahead and fill it in. Uh, you were waitressing, and I was out of college, and uh, and we had a serious relationship, and a couple things happened. Uh, you, for the first time, uh, had, maybe not the first time, but for the first time with me had been uh, diagnosed with a bunch of stones and it was a serious affair. And uh, I know that it sent me into a little bit of like a uh, uh, panic mode. What do I do to help out? What can I do? And uh, this is where the story is a little different for both of us, but I was uh, so worried about you not being able to work and, and while you were recovering from this surgery and everything that I kind of, went up to my dad's and, and asked him, you know, to help me get one of my first jobs. And, uh, he was a tool and die maker and, uh, fourth generation. And I had been working at his shop for years over the summers and I decided, Hey, I can work for my dad. And, and, uh, so the only problem was he was in Washington state and we were living in Southern California at the time, you and I. And, uh, so I went up to Washington and you kind of felt like I left you behind when I needed you needed me most. I remember you telling me. But uh, as a result, I went up there and uh, worked for several months and saved up money and had bought a ring and came back down while you were in the hospital recovering from your surgery. And I remember I proposed to you and uh, you said yes. And we had started the plans of thinking of getting married early on in our in our now mid twenties and, uh, and then things fell apart with me and my dad. And I ended up coming back down to Southern California 
and uh, it just kind of was a twist of fate. Uh, all the things that happened, you were in a different mode and ready to take off for Tahoe. Tell us about Well, that. it was more like we were young. And for me, when I look back at the time our engagement broke was broken off, um, I was finally coming into myself as a woman, as a more empowered woman. And I wanted to go away to school. I wanted to go to college. We were just too young for me at that point. So I wanted to go get my degrees and... Um, I guess just be independent on my own without you, without Regina, without really without anyone, like go to school and make it happen. And that's, you know, that is what kind of separated us for a few years is you went off and started your own company and I went off and got my bachelor's and master's degree and, and, um, well, this is, this is the beauty of our relationship is we've always respected each other enough that uh, we were, you know, willing to always let the other person do what they wanted. And I remember really that it was a heartbreaking moment. Uh, I even came over and I helped you load up your, your truck and get all your things into your van that you were moving up to Tahoe with. And I remember you crying and telling me, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. And I remember saying, uh, just you're doing what you need to do or whatever. And I love you and I know it hurts and it sucks. And, but hopefully, you know, you can always come back. And, uh, in that time of separation was immense growth for both of us. And you started a company, I got a master's degree. We were apart for, I don't know, five, six years, something like that. And then when I was done with my master's degree, I came, I moved back home to Southern California to get a job and figure out what I was. And we stayed in touch the whole time, right? Like we never, we've never been out of each other's lives. We, our relationship is based on being best friends and always being there for each other. And because we're both disabled, we, we, it's, it's a relationship where we understand each other deeply layer by layer with all of it. And um, so I came back and wanted to hit tennis balls. <laughs> so we started hitting tennis balls and we started dating again. And one thing led to another and we were engaged again. And this time it was the real deal. And, and we got married and Marty is the one who has loved me deeper and more real than any other man that I ever dated. And that has been the most important thing to me to feel loved and seen and beautiful um, in the most intimate um, situations where I don't have to be insecure about my disability. I don't have to be insecure about my body. I don't have to be insecure about medical devices and all the things, surgeries and challenges. And Marty's the one that has always been there to lift me up and love me through the good, but also, and I think more importantly, lifted me up and cared for me 
when I'm not the strong, independent Alicia and I'm going through a ton of surgeries and a ton of things that are scary. They're ugly. They're not attractive. They are, you know, um, the stuff behind the scenes that is very, very, very personal when it comes to disability. And, and Marty's always been the one to. Well, you've always been beautiful. And for me growing up, it was a little more difficult as a male with a disability uh, to have that confidence to, you know, I would go on dates and this and that and everything else, but it was always this feeling like, uh, you know, I don't know if the, the, the women I was dating were like, you know, into me and ever since I started dating you and getting that letter from you, it was like, you made me feel valued. You made me feel, uh, strong. You made me feel like the man I, I wanted to be. And, uh, and we had an instant connection, uh, you know, uh, with being just young and love and all the things that happen. And we've always had a, a great, uh, relationship. Um, and so while you, we were apart, we would even, you know, try to stay in contact. I remember you writing me letters for uh, several weeks and uh, months while you were just getting over to Europe and getting used to your situation. And I would write you emails and things as we were just starting to get into the internet. And I was running my uh, first company, cheersports.com and going across the country and uh, with my business partner and uh, just after years of being out on the road, I remember I called you one time almost breaking down and I don't even know where I was somewhere in Georgia or something. And I was calling you just telling you how much I loved you and how much I missed you and everything. And, and uh, it wasn't shortly after that you, you did come home and uh, we started playing tennis again. And I was at the point where I had, kind of slowed down my business. Uh, my partner and I had kind of dissolved it. And I was starting to come out of a shell of just like shock from a few years of depression after trying so hard to make that business work. And I was getting back out onto the tour as a, on a personal level. And, and that's when I really did the best tennis of my life and made it to the, the Team USA and represented World Team Cup. And just as you were coming back, I was gearing up for those trips. And uh, it must have been my training on the court. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been the training that you were giving me on the court or, or whatever. But uh, it was, uh, you know, it was difficult. And then and uh, I remember you on the tennis court back then, just like there was such an attraction for me to see you play and excel in something that you really loved. And I think that was like, that like helped fuel the fire of our like intimacy and stuff, because it was, it was, um, it, it was, was like a lot of intimacy. Was... Let's say it that way. But, <laughs> okay. Uh... So you brought it up. Let's shift. Let's <laughs> Hold see. on. I was just getting to this. We're shifting. You know, to this... We're shifting. And I want to talk about sex. So I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. Let's talk about intimacy because I, for me, and I'm kind of answering my own question and jumping in. So sorry about that. But one of the most frustrating things for me as a disabled woman, my entire life has been this notion that society thinks that disabled people don't care about 
intimacy that we have enough problems medically that we wouldn't be interested in sex and relationships and and all of that and society often puts us in this like asexual category where we have no interest in that and it couldn't be farther from the truth marty and i have had like a very healthy sex life our entire relationship do we have to adapt things sometimes absolutely we both have disabilities but that only like leaves the door open to creativity and finding it you know it hasn't stopped us. Like, <laughs> no, it hasn't stopped us. So, like, the stigma that I want to squash on this when we're talking about love and relationships is disabled people want to have sex too and love and relationships. 100%, 100%. What's the myth that you think needs to be squashed when it comes to relationships, specifically with two people that have disabilities? Well, you know, a big myth is is that we can't take care of each other. It's this misconception of, like, why are we uh, focusing on uh, something so negative? Why are we focusing on something that we can, you know, avert with wellness, with health, with staying in shape, with, with uh, you know, creating environments that are not uh, barriers to our, to our ability to help and do the things we can for each other. And I remember uh, the second time around and we were at your dad was the one that had to come up to me and say, when are you going to when are you going to ask Alicia to marry, uh, you know, because you guys have been dating now again for a while. And and I was like, well, you know, uh, he got me off the stump and, and we did that. But we had other great conversations. Uh, you know, he would ask me, you know, what is it that you want out of a wife? And all these things. And I remember just saying, basically, you know, that uh, I wanted uh, a lady that was, that was a good cook and that, you know, was, will, would be willing to cook for me every, every night. That's what you <laughs> said? <laughs> I did. I had to ask him for your hand in marriage twice. I want to, what I want to do to kind of wrap up the show is I want to fire off some quick answer questions. Okay. Are you ready for him? Sure. Okay. Who's a better cook? You or me? You. Who cooks mostly? You. <laughs> was it love at first sight? Yes. It was yes for me too. I agree. Who's most likely to forget a special date? Me. True. Um, what does a romantic night look like for us? Snuggling on the couch with a movie, <laughs> getting close bottle of wine maybe champagne we're pretty old now i know <laughs> that sounds good to me i love that what is the most romantic thing the other one has ever done well our second marriage on maui island was pretty special that you concocted and uh with the uh, all the the lay flowers around us and the ukulele uh player and all that that was pretty that was pretty romantic the most romantic thing that you've ever done for me is our proposal. Our proposal, when Marty proposed to me, he surprised me with a really like fancy dinner. The whole room erupted and every all the people in the restaurant were buying a champagne. And then he said, let's go into the bar. And we went into the bar 
and he surprised me and flew in my sister from San Francisco and both of our families were there and it was this big like surprising engagement and I was stunned I actually was really stunned it was beautiful that was that was a very romantic moment just know how much I love you I love you too I'm so grateful for this beautiful story that we're continuing to develop every single day I wish you a really happy Valentine's Day Marty and I love you I love you deeply well, I love you very much, darling, and it gets better every year. I'm so happy to be married to you, too. All right. Well, what's a pushing forward moment in um, this whole story today? To never give up on what you really want, I think, is a great lesson. I think that uh, for both of us, uh, if we let it go and it comes back, it's meant to be. So I wish all the couples out there in the world... Uh, you know, a beautiful love story too. What is your pushing forward moment, sweetheart? Um, that love comes in all shapes and sizes and abilities. And when you find somebody that you really love and you know it deeply, no matter the package that they come in, don't let it go. If you feel it in your heart, do not let it go. Happy Valentine's Day. This has been Pushing Forward with Alicia. And that is how we roll on this podcast. If you're an employer who would like to learn more about disability inclusion in the workplace, lessons on ableism, and how accessibility can drive innovation in your company, please check out my micro training series at aliciaanderson.com. That's A-L-Y-C-I-A, Anderson with an O, dot com. Click on micro learning.